Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about wine. It's harvest season here in Catalonia. The grapes have ripened, they're plump and ready to be picked to go from vine to wine. On today's podcast, we'll be visiting a winery just outside Barcelona to hear how this year's crop is shaping up after a difficult season last year. We'll be looking at the explosion in growth of organic wines in Catalonia and how climate change is affecting producers. We'll also hear from the Catalan Institute of Vine and Wine about what makes Catalan wine stand out in what is an incredibly competitive international market. And to discuss all this and more, I'm delighted to be joined by Catalan News Deputy Editor and wine connoisseur, Guy Jordan. Hello, Guy Hi, Lorcan. Well, let's skip it to wine drinker. Right. <laughs> okay, well, how would you describe Catalan wines, Guy for someone who doesn't know anything about them? Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of the most important businesses in, in the in the agricultural market here in, in Catalonia. Uh, we'll talk about cava another day. I, I know that a lot of listeners might think about cava. Definitely. As, uh, might link Catalonia to cava. We decided that cava deserved a podcast all of its own, so we'll deal with that another day. <laughs> Absolutely. So so for now, we are focused on, on wine. And I'd say we've got Catalan wines of all types, uh, from, from white to red and and also rosé so the red ones are the most popular but the white wines are not far behind just a clarification because maybe when when you're in catalonia and you want to ask for a wine uh here we don't call it red wine in catalan uh-huh. it's vinegra vinegra yeah it's I see black that. wine black 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 say, wine you know? okay. so it's blanc for white wine Rosat for rosé and vinegra for red wine. So yeah. different colors. I know that's interesting. And I wonder as well, it's like, because, you know, from reading and also from experience from trying them, a lot of the red wines are very kind of deep and rich and powerful. And I suppose that's reflected in the fact that they're called black, black wine. Because <laughs> black the red is so dark. It's like it's more black than red. Some yeah. of them are. And, you know, and you can find wine growing regions everywhere in Catalonia from the Top northeast area, the Empurda, to the southernmost uh, part, Terra Alta, yeah. and in the Ebra River region. So, and you know, and in between, in you between. can find it's the, funny. the big ones, Panades, and we talked a little bit as well when we did a podcast on food just a few weeks ago. That the geography of Catalonia is so diverse that it means that the food is diverse, and it's the same with the wine as well. You've got so many little microclimates, and you've got the Mediterranean. You've got Okay, people know the Pyrenees, but actually Catalonia is full of little mountain ranges as well, like the Terra Alta you mentioned. Absolutely. It's just one county, but it's full of wine. And the same happens with Alella, with uh, the Alella wine region. It's only one county. And I was visiting a winery in Alella this week, and they told me that this wine region is the smallest in Spain. You know, right. It's just... I think about ten wineries, so it's it's very small. So there's there's so much variety there. There's they, they've got these um, DOs, these wine regions, denomination de origin. Is that how you yeah, say it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, if you're a wine enthusiast, it's definitely worth just working your way through them. I did a little bit of research this week. I had to say, you know, when you were recording that, this you, podcast, you so. mean that you <laughs> what, what what do you mean? Maybe research, no, well, maybe some tests, no, some no, tasting. No, I or? just tried, I tried a few. I had to say, <laughs> I had a very nice Monsanto. 
Monsan, Monsan, yeah, 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 that's in the western part of Catalonia, near Priorat as well, another very strong wine region. So there are loads, there are loads. Okay, so tell us total sales of wine in Catalonia yeah. then. Break it down for us. Yeah, total sales last year, it was 82 million bottles. That is uh, 280 million euro. And the average per per bottle was 3.41 euro. Three, so less than four euro. Okay, that, that, that that's has very to, cheap, isn't no, it? That has uh, to, that's definitely not supermarket prices. That's that's wholesaler definitely because that, even, even here where wine is pretty affordable, I think you know you'd be hard pressed to get decent decent bottles for that's that price. That's very difficult. And in terms of where this uh, these bottles are being sold, so out of this 82, 39 of them. Uh, have been sold or were sold last year in Catalonia. That's almost million. half. Uh, 12 million in the rest of, of Spain and the other 28 million in elsewhere, 18 million in the EU and 10 million elsewhere. So so that means, you know, a big business here. Yeah, right? yeah. And we'll be hearing a little bit more about how Catalan wines market themselves uh, a little bit later on in the podcast. But one thing I wanted to ask you about, Guy which has really fascinated me, is this explosion in organic wines. That's It's been insane. Past five, six years, we've seen double the amount of hectares of organic wines. For instance, in the year 2000, there were only 400 hectares of uh, vineyards used for organic wine. And now it's 23,000 out of the 54,000 hectares. So almost half. And this has grown exponentially in the past. Uh, so five, six years ago, this 23,000 were 12,000. So, so it's, it's grown exponentially. Yeah, it's incredible. And in fact, of all the kind of organic produce that's made in Catalonia, almost half is vineyards. Like, you know, you know, all the organic fruit, vegetables, whatever, half of it is vineyards. So um, it's amazing. And right now... We're in the middle of the harvest season, uh, obviously a hugely important time for wine producers and a little bit stressful too, I would imagine. Gifrey, this week you went along to a winery. How was it? So it was great. They were in full force. I mean, it's the most important time of the year. Uh, everyone was working and making sure the crops were protected because they are about to, to pick them. Okay, well, let's take a listen to how you got on at the Celier Canroda, speaking to Enrique Gilles. <laughs> dense forest of whole oaks, accessible through a small downhill dirt road that crosses a couple of streams, now quite dry, lies a beautiful manor house from the mid-19th century, originally owned by the Bonaplatas, the family of entrepreneurs that introduced the steam engine to Catalonia. I am in Martorelles, 20 kilometers north of Barcelona, in a natural oddity in the middle of the industrial Valles County, and surrounding the house, I can see hectares of splendid vines of the Salleca and Roda. What are the odds of finding these oases of calmness in the middle of our hectic life? One of the family firm owners, Enrique Gil, guides me through the vineyards. He cautiously removes the electrified wires, strategically set to deter the hungry wild boars who always volunteer to do the harvest. Once among the vines, the lack of rain this year is quite obvious just with the naked eye, with part of the leaves dry. Enrique tells me that vines are like people. You can notice quite easily when something's going on. First, the leaves fold and then their leaves dry and fall. When this happens, the ripening interrupts halfway. The plant's last resort is to suck water from the grape. And this is happening in Canroda, with the grapes significantly smaller than usual. 
Every year the effects of climate change are different. While this year the drought is worrisome, last year this wine cellar lost 85% of their crop due to too much rain resulting in a plaque of mildew. This lack of predictability is what drives winemakers mad, making any long-term treatment plants pointless. The products organic producers can use protective vines are mostly reduced to sulfur and 4 kilograms of copper every year. I notice remedies like planting a rose bush just next to each row of vines, which helps them identify the powdery mildew ahead. Prevention and not reaction is usually their only treatment. Yet, despite this meaning losing up to 10 or 20% of the produce, they are convinced going organic is the future. While pulling up dry leaves, Enrique walks along the vines saying there's a growing awareness among producers that it is also in their hands to leave a better world to their children. And he's also honest, admitting that organic wines sell better, especially in Northern Europe. But this is only one side of the business, the other one being wine tourism also booming. Drinking wine and recommending brands has become trendy and as Enrique puts it, now people want to know where the hell these bottles come from. The stories behind them. Our grandparents, great-grandparents, and since Roman times this has been a land of wine. Which means, in Enrique's words, that wine is culture. I'll drink to that. Cheers! That was Enrique Gilles at the Cellier Can Rora, just outside Barcelona. And Kifri, I loved what he said there. Wine is culture. And I suppose that kind of sums up why we're talking about it. It's not just a drink, but here, everything about it, there's it's a tradition, the care and attention that goes into cultivating the vineyards, the social side of it, of course, enjoying a glass of wine, at lunchtime dinner with friends and family. Yeah, I mean, wine has been grown in Catalonia for the past 2,000 years, and, and you can find little very interesting stories in any winery so they talk about their ancestors and we are the 14th generation making wine or whatever you know and you also find young producers without many generations but whenever you visit there's always an old manor house. I mean, yeah. maybe the, the winery has been going on for 10 years, but this is an, an, an old masia, we call in Catalan, this kind of manor country house, rural, yeah. uh, country house. Like a chateau in France, maybe? No? Yeah, pretty much. And to me, for instance, that's the best part of, of drinking wine. I'm no expert. And what I enjoy most is the stories they tell you. Yeah. And when you visit and you, they, they show you uh, how wine was made, uh, in the past, now, and you see their enthusiasm. You know, it's family growers of them, so they, you can see the, that they go emotional when they talk about their ancestors and their and all their families. So. Yeah, and I mean, you visited this winery for for work to do this podcast, but I mean, it's something that you do in your spare time as well. You've been to plenty just yes. as a tourist. Actually, yes. Actually, I was once uh, there before 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 going this week for this podcast and I spent a full morning having breakfast among the, the vines, vines so and, and I had you know I had the traditional typical breakfast like pam tomaca like uh -huh. bread with squeezed tomato Lovely. in there toasted bread uh, Catalan sausages cheese 
wine obviously they want to promote their wine wants. for breakfast wine for breakfast uh, indeed yeah <laughs> they want they always in all these activities they are promoting their wine of course and you know they always get you to buy some bottle afterwards you but, know but the settings are always beautiful the vineyards even if you if you, if you take a drive or if you're in the train yeah and you're passing through some of these areas like Panades, uh, you see, like, like vineyards, just, you know, and, and it's no wonder that they're becoming such tourist attractions too, popular Indeed. to visit, you know? Yeah, and it's part of their business, you know, it's, it's a big part of, of, of some of these vineyards' uh, business. And, you know, among the things you can do there, uh, it's wine tastings, you know, breakfast, brunch, lunch, among uh, vines, bike tour plus uh, wine tasting, uh, staying overnight, even doing the harvest sometimes or helping do the harvest. Uh-huh. Maybe they get rid of what you did afterwards. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, you can do so many activities. And the good thing is like sometimes you go to one of these activities and it's very popular. There are a lot of people. And some other times you're alone and you're on your own and they do a whole tour in the wine cellar and the vines for you, hmm. you know, and they are enthusiastic i was once in in terra alta and we just without any notice maybe now with covid is different but without any notice we just popped in and we just said we wanted to try some wines and and we got some tastes and afterwards they told us okay let me close the shop for 15 minutes and i'm going to show you around our our vineyards and so on and we're like okay well that's great so that's that's amazing you know and you mentioned the harvest there and like it it would would the harvest still be done by hand a lot of the time or or, indeed last year we were reporting with our colleague Killian he's 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 been in in our podcast many times and and especially for organic uh wine growers they yeah they they are still picking it uh by hand and that's 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 an effort, especially in the middle of August. And, you know, mm-hmm. they wake up at 5, 6 a.m. And at noon, 1 p.m., they finish because it's, it's too, too hot. hot, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we experienced that. Yeah. <laughs> Let me say for our listeners, too, that you, you don't have to be an expert to do a wine tasting or yeah. to do wine tourism. So you just have to love wine, enjoy and pretend a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Whenever you're the tasting, uh, if they tell you, oh, you know, that tastes like uh, apple and cranberry of, and yeah, um, oak yeah. and fig or whatever. And yeah, you can always say you're encouraged to say, oh yeah, yeah, I can feel now the the apple and so on. So yeah, it's a whole world. Well, wine tourism is booming here in Catalonia, uh, mainly driven by Gifrey, it would seem. Uh, <laughs> but what makes Catalan wine stand out on the international stage? Well, we asked Enrique Bartra of the Catalan Institute of Vine and Wine that very question. First of all, I would uh, point the diversity. Uh, we, we have 11 appellations that um, really help to understand the, the, the big uh, diversity, the, the huge diversity in, in wine styles. There are a, a big production of sparkling wines uh, with Cava and other names. In terms of uh, still wines, we have a, a wide range of styles from light white wines to uh, more heavy body, and more intense, full flavor uh, red wines. And there is also a little amount of, of sweet wines or, or dessert wines. So almost for every occasion, 
you have uh, a very nice example of, of Catalan wines uh, available. Most of these wines are made with local varieties, so that makes them unique. There are some varieties that we share with other parts of Spain or uh, southern France, like Grenache. Now, Grenache, for instance, is, is a traditional variety that is also found a little bit elsewhere. But for instance, for white Grenache, Terra Alta and, and, and other parts of Catalonia is the where you find most of the of the white Grenache in the world. Uh, for pickup oil, for instance, also it's a variety that is cultivated and almost only in the Pla de Bages. Charello, uh, Parellada, these, these two varieties are almost exclusively planted in Catalonia around the world. So uh, this, this makes a, a very dis distinct and unique wines in addition to the, to the landscape. I think the combination of uh, local varieties and unique landscapes makes uh, these wines really worth trying. Uh, we can say that in the last 30 years, it's been a, a clear trend uh, in, in increasing the hectares, the vineyards, and the number of cellars that are registered for organic production. And the reasons for me are, are in two directions. One direction is the demand of the customers, the, the perception of the consumers are uh, are betting for for organic producers uh, especially in in europe uh, northern europe and also all other markets and so this is the pool factor that increases the interest for for producers and also the weather situation the climate uh, in in catalonia uh, the mediterranean characteristics of the climate help to adopt this, uh, this organic uh, rules, which are the common for the whole Europe and, and are, um, uh, are adapted to the climate conditions in most of the vineyards in Catalonia for most years. That was Enrique Bartra from the Catalan Institute of Vine and Wine, l'Institut Catalan de la Vigna y el Bí. So it's harvest time, as we mentioned, Gifre, and lots of the wineries and the councils where the vineyards are hold festivals as well, isn't that right? Yeah, La Festa de la Barema. Festa de la Barema, yeah. which means... Yeah, right? that's the harvest festival, let's say, the annual harvest festival, Barema. In Catalan means har grape harvest ah, specific. specifically. Right, yeah, okay. yeah. So that's no no confusions here. Yeah, and to be honest, I'm gonna join it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna join La Festa de la Merema. Yeah, actually, you've got plans. Yeah, I've got plans. I'm gonna go to one uh, winery in, in Panades uh, with my family, and we're gonna have lunch there among vineyards also uh, with Lovely. more or less the same ingredients as what I said before uh, for breakfast, you know, like sausages, cheese, bread with squeezed tomato, like 
you know, pantomacat, olive oil, very important because a lot of wineries grow uh, olive oil too, and it's delicious. It deserves another podcast, Lorcan, <laughs> okay, so well, just put it yeah. in the Okay, we'll put that on calendar. the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, and, and the good thing about it is like, if you do wine tourism, you're connected to nature, mm. you know, and to, to the environment because the stuff you get when you eat too and so on is proximity food yeah, usually it's all local produce local products kilometer zero they say kilometer here. zero i don't know yeah. if, if in english it works but but in catalan we say kilometer zero yeah. you know and they help each other too because whenever you go and do some wine tasting they offer you a pack and okay you go wine tasting and then you visit the local chocolate shop you know or yeah. whatever or you uh, have lunch in the local restaurant so so it's it's a very nice community. I'd yeah, say. it sounds it sounds idyllic. And this weekend, if you're listening, just as we publish it, if you're listening on the weekend, fourth, fifth of September, then uh, and you're in Catalonia, I would say get out and check what's going on because there's loads of activities. And in fact, we have a list of them on CatalanNews.com. So do check it out. And if you miss it, there's wine-related activities all year round. So so there are this uh, wine fairs where they showcase wines all the time. Uh, everywhere. There's this Vijas in Villafranca del Panadés. It might ring a bell to, to some listeners where they mix wine fair with jazz concerts. So, I mean, it's two businesses, you know. One, it's like drinking wine or buying a bottle of wine. And the other one, it's like enjoying the this community. The whole culture of it, yeah. All this chat has really got my mouth watering, I have to say. Um, I'll have to go on some of these wine tasting tours myself or else just stock up on a few bottles of wine, you know. Yeah, either, yeah, either, either, you know, say, just, you know, just, you know. That's much, much quicker and easier and you'll enjoy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Time now for our Catalan phrase. What's it this week, Gifre? Well, this week it's Dormir la Mona. Dormir la Mona. Sleep the monk. <laughs> yeah, it's a female monk. A female. Uh, mono, mona. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's nothing to do with wine. Yes, it is. It is to do with wine because Dormila Mona is when, you know, whenever you've drunk maybe a little bit too much uh-huh. and then you go sleepy and then you fall asleep, someone else will say, oh, you know, he's uh, sleeping the monkey. Sleeping Dormila Mona. You know. So if you've just had one or two glasses too many, maybe. Correct. Uh, and, yeah. uh, okay. Which may or may not have happened to me once or twice. I'm, I'm well, not, not going to make call. any comment. A country call. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for today's podcast. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. I uh, hope it gave you a bit of a taste for some of Catalonia's wines. Uh, thanks for joining me today, Gifrey. Yeah, a pleasure, Lorcan. Do email us if you want to get in touch, catalannews at acn.cat. And as I said earlier, check out catalannews.com for all the information about what's happening this weekend as part of the Festa de la Barrema. We're back again with another episode of Filling the Sink next Saturday. Until then, for me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now, adeu y salud.